Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. And then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Welcome to Pilot Season Podcast. This is episode 22. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the podcast where we watch a pilot episode of a TV show. It could be old, new, failed, never aired. And we watch it, we talk about it, we discuss it, we unpack it, we dive deep if need be. (laughs) I feel like this one's going to be a deep dive. Oh, we're going deep here. We're going deep into this one. Every week, we take turns picking the show we're going to talk about. And this week was my pick. And I picked the 1984 pilot for the action series Airwolf, starring Jan Michael Vincent and Ernest Borgnine. Normally, we start each episode by talking about what, if any prior knowledge or history or anything we might have had with the show. Since this was a show in the 80s, this was kind of during our, this would have been during our childhood years. For me, this was definitely, I would have been, uh, oh, 10 or 11 or so when this show was kind of really popular. I never really watched it. I would watch an episode here and there, but I don't know why I never watched it. I felt like it was pretty popular. It was that era where we had a lot of TV shows that had military prototype vehicles that were people used to fight crime. You know, we had Knight Rider, and that was the the souped-up sports car. We had Airwolf. There was also the other helicopter TV show, Blue Thunder, which was based on the movie. What now? (laughs) Blue Thunder. Roy, Roy, Roy Scheider was in it. It's a good movie. But it wasn't. That was another. That I was, that, don't know that one. <laughs> that was another like souped-up helicopter movie that they turned into a TV show. There was another show called Street Hawk, where it was it was a like a motorcycle, like a souped-up motorcycle that was you know they used to fight crime. That one sounds familiar, but and I think also not just vehicles, but like former military guys and like what they're doing now kind of right well you know like the a team and like sure like that you know a lot of these shows that took place in the mid 80s i mean this was just a little over a decade after the vietnam war which is not really a long time you know there were a lot of references and a lot um to vietnam and a lot of these shows Mm mm-hmm like I said, this was just a show that was on my radar, but I never watched. I just kind of decided I wanted to pick an kind of like a quintessential 80s action show for my week. And so I chose Airwolf. <laughs> um, I have never watched this show, but I do remember that my dad and my at least one of my brothers, maybe two. I'm not sure. But this was definitely happening in my house. But again, I think it was one of those things that maybe was on when I had to go to bed Mm because I was younger. So 
if it was on at like 9 or 10 o'clock. I couldn't have watched it even if I wanted to, but I feel like I wouldn't necessarily have wanted to watch this at 8 years old. Yeah, given the the nature of the show, you know, it being a uh, very action oriented and military oriented that probably not too many women were interested in this show at the time. I would I would probably have to agree with that. So this pilot is also a 2-hour it started out as a 2-hour movie, which a lot of the action shows and dramas from the 80s usually started out as two-hour movies. I mean, we've act, we've watched a couple of shows so far in this podcast that started out as two-hour movies. Like, when we, we watched um, Moonlighting. Yeah. And that was a, a two-hour movie. That was just kind of a thing back then. Like, they would start out as two-hour movies. That was the pilot episode. And then they would do the regular show after that. So... This was a two-hour movie. <laughs> Not a full two hours, of course. It was probably just, you know, an hour and a half. So the the plot of this, so it starts out with uh, Dr. Charles Moffat, who is the, I guess, the, the designer the, of Airwolf, this high-tech, military-grade uh, helicopter. You know, they're testing it. They're showing it off for this senator basically kills everyone except Archangel. His name is his real name is Michael something or other, but he he runs like a secret government agency called the firm. He's real cool, he dresses all in white. Is yeah. he cool? I think he's cool. <laughs> he was cool at the time. I mean I mean the dude dresses all in white. His name's you know, they just call him Archangel. And he doesn't even, he's so cool, he doesn't wear an eye patch. He wears a pair of glasses with one of the lenses just completely blacked out. Well, I knew that he had, you know, that, like a some type of impairment. So when the, it started and he had two, you know, healthy eyes. Two functioning eyes. Like, Whoa, something's going down. Oh, here. yeah, I was, I, well, see, I... Having never seen this before, I I had only ever seen Airwolf with Archangel ha- having the the one patch. I never saw him with two regular eyes. Yeah, I was like, oh, I always wondered how he lost his eye. I just always assumed they started the show with him missing an eye, and that was going to be a, like a mystery. Right. But we got to see him lose his eye. So some time passes, and Archangel goes to Stringfellow Hawk. We don't really know much about. About Hawk's background, he's a pilot. He was in Vietnam, so I guess we can assume he was a pilot in the war with his brother, Sinjin. Which, you know, Sinjin is St. John. That, like, that's how, it, that's how it looks, like, written out, St. John, but it's pronounced Sinjin. I definitely did not know that. I, I only knew that from episodes of Mad Men. There was a character named Sinjin and and I think I look I was looking on IMDb one day and I I'm like who's this St. John guy? For some reason St. John is pronounced Sinjin. I don't know why. I don't know how that became shortened from St. John to Sinjin. I've never heard of such a thing. I've never even heard <laughs> of that 
as a first name. Yeah, it's a first name. St. John. So there's the brothers, Stringfellow and St. John Hawk, who were orphaned, I guess, their parents. Right. We, we find out that uh, Stringfellow Hawk, this is Jan Michael Vincent, the star of the show, his parents died in a tragic boating accident. Stringfellow and Sinjin Hawk were both in Vietnam. They were both shot down. They only found Stringfellow, so everyone assumes that Sinjin is either a POW or he was killed in action. No one knows. So Archangel recruits Stringfellow Hawk to retrieve Airwolf, which is in Libya, courtesy of Dr. Moffat. Stringfellow Hawk recruits his friend, Dominic Santini, who is also a helicopter pilot who runs his own air service. Like a like effects or well, stunts for movies? Yeah. It, it, yeah, we see him working uh, as a stunt coordinator, like a helicopter stunt guy in a, at a, like a Hollywood production. So we can at least assume they work in Hollywood and who knows what else they do. So that's the basic premise of the pilot. They have to go into Libya, retrieve Airwolf, and then bring it back. Sounds easy enough. <laughs> you would think. So I feel like the the pilot does not reflect the rest of the series. From from what little I remember of the series, the pilot was kind of a downer. Like it was very somber. I mean, they they they, they laid everything out, you know, because then by the by the end of the episode. You can see how the the rest of the series is going to play out, right? Which we'll get to. Just overall, it, it's all right. It, you know, there were some parts I liked. There were some parts that I'm just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I I did not find this to be interesting or <laughs> exciting. I guess you know we watch we've watched plenty of things from the '80s, and and I've probably said it every time. Like, there's this piece of nostalgia I didn't even get that from from this show and I get like what you said you know this is really driven towards men and mm-hmm. you know it's kind of not my bag and whatever even still there wasn't much for me to to kind of like grasp onto yeah I can um, see that there there the, weren't like a lot of 80 it did well there were some things I wrote down that that felt very 80s but overall it wasn't a very it wasn't like Miami Vice or, you know, when we watched the A-Team or Moonlighting or Cheers, like, right. that felt very 80s or, like, of that era. Well, I, I think, like, a lot of times I mention the music, if I like the music or mm-hmm. whatever, and I remember the theme song. So the, the, <laughs> I love the, the show theme song. opens, and yeah, I really like the theme song, too, and I'm kind of... Like that synthesizer music. Yeah, it was yeah, kind of like, awesome. Yeah, so I'm kind of, like, jamming out a little bit. You know, the show's progressing, and I'm just sitting here kind of like, well, okay, but at least I have the music. <laughs> but then I started to not even like the music. Every time they played, they had, you know, different themes throughout, and mm-hmm. you could hear the theme song, but then they would play sometimes other things. At one point, I made a note somewhere in here that the music sounded like porn music. <laughs> and It wasn't great. It, yeah, it was not great music throughout this throughout the show. It was very, no, no. It was very generic they, at some points. They just, started me up high, like theme song, mm-hmm. working it, loving it, rocking out, you know, synth, 
perfect and then we just kind of like went downhill and uh, you know that moment when i was like porn music i it just <laughs> yeah so music mm, not not so much you know i'm not i don't really get into explosions and you know helicopters and whatever mm-hmm. but i feel like i'm not super girly girl i can appreciate some of the themes here like the a team i enjoyed the a team guys came back from vietnam and they're still you know they're like for hire type situation and like i can appreciate that or die hard love die hard things are blowing up you know things are people are shooting each other yeah people are, you know it's not like i can't you know get into those types of themes those styles of you know tv shows and movies I, some of the effects were just downright bad. I get it. Mm. It was 1984. I totally get that. Well, a lot of those, a lot of those effects you could tell were just footage, just footage yes. that they. It was Which just reused footage. Really, from like, other... like cheapened it. Yeah. Like, even if you do some kind of camera angle, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a filmmaker, but there's things you can do. Of course, we all know this. You know, to give an effect, but it just that that footage where. It didn't match yeah. the rest. It always looks different. It looked, it, it really took it down like a couple <laughs> like, of notches there. Like, come on, guys, that was the best you could come up with? It, yeah, it looked like it was World War II aerial footage that was, like, recolored or something. Yeah, I noticed, like, the coloring was just was just poor on, on some of those scenes where, like, and still, okay, 84, but we had technology like that, right, where we could... Lighten and darken and change uh, and yeah, but I mean, who knows? I don't know. Like, what? Maybe we didn't have that. But what I saw, those pieces where I saw that it didn't match, I was just disappointed. It didn't. It didn't flow nicely. There were these standout pieces that looked weird and well. A, a lot of the. Or, I mean, let, let's face it. A lot of the. A lot of the action was just. Either it looked cheap or it didn't make sense. Sometimes, I mean, especially towards the end, where there were helicopters chasing Airwolf, and sometimes they would be behind Airwolf, and then would, there would be a cut, and there would be a helicopter in front of Airwolf. Me, I have a serious question here. <laughs> okay. About Airwolf's capabilities. Hit me. Are we to believe that airwolf could literally go upside down was that what i was seeing there uh, i don't think that they might could have make ha- it go upside down so i think they did like a weird like the camera it started to go up like the first part of the rotation if it was going to go upside down like a roller coaster doing its loop but then the camera turned so i think it was supposed to be showing us that it could go upside down, but we know helicopters can't go upside down. Maybe I'm off here, but I felt like it was flipping upside down so it could then put itself behind the other helicopters to shoot them. I'm not even going to give it that much credit. I just think <laughs> they were just like, ah, screw it. Airwolf's going to win, so let's just have it blow some shit up. Well, and he took out, like, six other helicopters, which, you know, like, the odds are really stacked against him. I understand he's got this amazing helicopter, and they're all flying 
average helicopters, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I honestly was just sitting here like, what I just saw there, was that as if it went upside down? Like, what were you trying to make me see? The only thing I could think of is, if you recall in the the, the, the Hollywood scene where Stringfellow and that goofy actor who thought he could fly a helicopter went up in the helicopter the last thing it did before it landed it started to go up in the air like it looked like it was going to go upside down but then it did this like loop and it came back down and someone said to Dominic is that a blank like they called it something like a trick like oh, a, and he like, said, I've never seen I've a never helicopter seen do, do that, that, that before. And Dominic said, like, well, there's one person who could do it. So I think at that point, Stringfellow took over flying the helicopter, did this loop, and then landed it. So maybe that's what they did. Maybe that was a kind of a callback to what he did in Hollywood. That's what he did in the desert, this okay. kind of loop. But it wasn't... The way it was filmed, it was completely unclear. Right. So, again, I'm probably giving it too much credit. Okay. You know, they were just making... They were just churning out action shows at in, the, in this... In the mid-80s. And I don't think they were paying a lot of attention to the logistics of battle scenes. It was just like... All right, let's get some helicopters up there. Let's get some rat-a-tat-tat sounds going and blow some shit up. <laughs> I think you're right. So, uh, just so much to talk about. I mean, so okay, so yeah, so we we talked about the the, the opening music, which was awesome. Uh, that poor lizard in the beginning. What even was that? Okay, so <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay. I get what you're setting the scene for me. I appreciate that. It's the desert. What are some things in the desert? Lizard, sure. Do we see the lizard again? We see the lizard again. I was like, well, they keep cutting back between. Does this lizard have top billing? Like they keep cutting back between like vague shots of Airwolf. Like we're not seeing all of Airwolf. We're seeing like little bits and pieces, like the rotor and you know the side of Airwolf, and then and it keeps cutting back between Airwolf and this lizard. And then the next thing, and also then you start seeing the the crew walking towards Airwolf. They're getting in, they're firing it up, and they're like, "Okay, this thing's going to take off." Next thing you know, this goddamn lizard is on one of the wheels, one of the tires. Right. And for a minute, I was like, "Is this lizard like a stowaway? What is happening here?" Yeah, I'm like, "Does it like is this like is this lizard going to be part of the story or something?" <laughs> And then the lizard falls off. It's like just a, p- a part <laughs> it, of my it just keeps heart going. died. Like, I don't know that the lizard died at that moment. No, he looked like he was okay. But, he landed you know, on his feet. But he was like clinging to that tire as it's, it starts lifting off the ground. And I'm thinking, Get me out of here, man. Dude, you got to jump. Yeah, he just like slides and right off. And then he off, just like, fell. Ugh. I just think it's great that they left that in there. There, were, there was just so many. I wish I could. I should have timed it. It, it wasn't like five seconds of lizard or ten seconds of lizard. It was a lot of lizard. It was like a lot of lizard. like More lizard than was necessary. Absolutely. This was definitely, let, let's put it this way, and, and there was a lot, there's a lot more that we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of. This is, this is easily, this, this pilot could have been just a tight hour. <laughs> or less, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
hey, I like the lizard. I enjoyed the lizard. I was just like, what are we doing here, fellas? But I found myself thinking that it, you know, lots of different times throughout. Well, I was going to say, honestly, I did not see the, in the in the beginning, like we talked about the, the betrayal of Moffat, Dr. Moffat, mm-hmm. uh, with the government. I honestly didn't see that coming. I, I just assumed that Airwolf was stolen by enemies or terrorists or whatever. I didn't see the twist coming of the, the betrayal of Dr. Moffat. Mostly because, you know, we were never introduced to Dr. Moffat. We were not introduced to anybody in the crew. They're all wearing these helmets. You can't really see their faces. You can see their eyes. That's about it. And then... So you, you don't really get any feel for like I didn't even realize Doctor Moffat was in the helicopter. I right. thought he was just the like the engineer. Right, you just think he's a pilot. I didn't I didn't even think he was the pilot. I thought he was because they didn't show him. They're like the center was like oh yeah Doctor Moffat I know him, but they weren't like oh Doctor Moffat the pilot. Well, I just I thought he was off somewhere. When, yeah, when they finally showed him, he was piloting the aircraft. The the senator introduced himself and. They started going back and forth, and there's some kind of well, there was some sort of history like between bad blood there, which where Moffat was, was pissed because was very unclear. he felt like the senator had done him wrong in it in a store like a piece that I don't think we know really what happened, but just Moffat has it out for this guy, so he blows up the whole joint. But I I feel like it. You know, because we fi- we find out a little bit more about Moffat's motives later. I feel like it wouldn't have mattered if that senator was there or not. Moffat was going to blow up that installation and fly off with the with Airwolf anyway. Right. So the senator being there and and the the bad blood between them really meant nothing. It was I just guess there. They wrote that in because they felt like they needed a reason for him to shoot the place up. Yeah. But. He was kind of just a jackass who was going to, like, steal a helicopter no matter what. Right. So. Yeah, and fly it to. Let's go to Libya. Yeah, let's fly from California to Libya. I I mean, maybe he was able, you know, maybe he was able to make a pit stop somewhere. I'm sure he had a plan from getting to California to Libya, you know, just in a helicopter. And this, who, who hasn't done that? I well, mean, to be you honest. know, and and this is a super helicopter, so I guess you have to suspend your disbelief that it could, you know, that it could fly across the world. Totally can fly across the world. <laughs> well, then we're introduced to our hero, Stringfellow Hawk, Jan Michael Vincent, the the sensitive. Um, I wrote refi- refined. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good word, refined. The, Things the, he's interested in include <laughs> wine, not just wine. We're not talking about boxes of wine. We're talking about being able to tell you the year, the chateau, like the blah blah blah, or whatever. Yeah, seventy eight or something. Yeah, which you know he's having this conversation about the wine, and this Gabrielle chick is like, "This is a nineteen seventy nine." And a minute later, he's like, 78. And I'm like, oh. Oh. Aren't we refined? <laughs> um, also plays the cello. And has a like massive collection of art. 
not just art, but original pieces, pieces that this woman is commenting on that she, she's like, oh, I saw the original in a museum. And he's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, you are snooty, sir. Yeah. So in the beginning, I wasn't quite sure what to make of him because he seems kind of like rugged, lives in the woods. You know, he's into nature. Right. Um, but then he was kind of snooty in some other areas. Well, he was playing the cello. I mean, nobody just he was playing the cello outside trying to But we learn we learn that there's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason. Yeah. He's he, not just an amazing cellist and it's not that he just really enjoys playing outdoors rather than indoors. He's trying to gain the trust of an eagle. Yeah. Like duh, that's, that's why on. you that's why you play that's why you play a cello. Right. So, yeah, so aside from serenading eagles with his cello, uh, he's got this, like, pimped-out cabin in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's like a two-story cabin where he's got all this, you know, all his priceless art. And he, he's got this awesome bar. And he just catches fish at will. <laughs> and He did make it look... Quite easy. Yeah, so he has uninvited guests. He has Archangel and this other agent, Gabrielle, who just show up. They just land at his dock or his landing pad or whatever and just walk right into his cabin. And he's like, I wasn't expecting guests. Let, let me go catch another fish. <laughs> Yeah, they they lay out why they why they're there, and I guess they just decided to stay overnight um, without telling him. Like, so, so Gabrielle, to say. so Gabrielle, so they show up. She gets out of the helicopter. She's wearing like a jumpsuit or like a flight suit or something, all in white, flight suit, boots, whatever. And they get there, and then like it cuts to when they're having, you know, I guess they're done having dinner or whatever. She's wearing like an evening dress. She was, she was, you know, changed into a dress somehow. And then it's getting late, and Stringfellow's like, "I'm going to bed. There's blankets over there if you want." We see her with a blanket wrapped around her, but then she looks like she's naked underneath. Like, is she just walking around naked, yes, like wearing is. a blanket? Okay, yes, she is. That's what I do when I spend the night at other people's homes. Yeah, total stranger. If you do something else, you it's offensive right. to them. You're supposed to sleep naked, wrapped in their blanket. And then the next day, after she had the most non-sexual, almost sexual encounter slash sexual assault but wasn't sexual assault with Stringfellow Hawk. Oh my god. And so I was like, <laughs> what is even happening? Where is this going? Is this guy who was like in the military but is all refined, is he really like a creeper? Like is he going to hurt her? I was like, is he going to is he going to straight up rape her like 20 feet away from Archangel and I mean, is this going to be like you had it coming cuz you were just like wearing nothing but my like Well, he well, and I I think his thought was, oh, Archangel brought you here to, you know, to help me make, you know, to make up my mind that, like, you're bait for me to do this job. 
Right. He's like, you didn't come up here to talk about art. Yeah. Which, yeah, hello. She, she <laughs> didn't come up there to talk about art. She's wearing nothing but a blanket. Right. So, but it was very... Um, an odd exchange just like and i get like he's you know mad frustrated like you know can't believe him sending you up here to try to like you know bang me so i say yes to this mission which of course he is truly a a wonderful human being and of course he doesn't bang her he saves that for later (laughs) but yeah the whole thing was awkward and she goes back downstairs and sleeps wakes up the next morning still wearing nothing but a blanket but then she grabs her robe <laughs> she it, had like a silk like, robe like laying there yeah. like where did where did this and where did this these three days worth of clothes come from all these costume changes you couldn't have brought pajamas or even just like a t-shirt okay yeah well that's what i mean like did they fly there with the intent of just staying just i literally crashing? wrote gabrielle what's her deal slutty <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I, I wrote, they they just brought a whole goddamn wardrobe. <laughs> but they, they walked in with, like, nothing. Nothing. So, nothing. So I just, did, did he make her go back and, like, Gabrielle, go get our bags. Right. We're staying overnight on this guy's couch. So weird. Kind of going back to the 80s references that you didn't really see, but, well, or I should say that weren't really overt, but things I picked up on. Throughout the show, the well, they you know referencing uh, Gaddafi, which I haven't heard that name in you know thirty years. Well, that, Gaddafi, you know that was he was like our big enemy, right? In the eighties, he was, was the dude. Libya, so. so Libya was another right big hot or hot button place in the eighties. Um, a lot of mentions of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said earlier, were kind of an, a staple of '80s action TV shows, and uh, long distance calling was brought up at one point because when Stringfellow and Dominic were making their plans to get into Libya undercover, they had to go separately. Stringfellow, you know, was asking Dominic, "Oh, did you talk to so and so?" And he said. Yeah, I t- I called him long distance, and that w- and he kept me on the phone for an hour, and I was paying for it. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, we used to do that. Mm-hmm. We used to have long distance plans, and used to have to watch how long we were on the phone long distance because your parents' bill would be really high. So the 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 scenes in quote unquote Libya, I, I've I've got some thoughts about that. In that, were they? Were they importing American strippers to work in Libya? Just so many things to cover here. They came from what? Some kind of temp agency, so like or a what? like a stripping talent agency. It's definitely referred to an well, agency. And there was a you know a, a, they show this woman who's a stripper. You know there there's this conversation and they say like you know I think she's an American spy and then you know five minutes later she bites it. Yeah. And so what I didn't really understand was, well, if you don't want the person who you think is the American spy, you don't hire them. I I couldn't follow why. So here's what I found out or I figured out, which wasn't very obvious at first. 
So there was an oil company in Libya, which I guess was a maybe an, a European or an American oil company, and she said, or later on, Gabrielle, who was posing as one of the dancers, says, I'm contracted by the oil company. So it was the oil company who was basically bringing strippers in for, I guess, their workers, and they were they were contracting, they were bringing bringing in American strippers. Do you sometimes like think, man, I work at the wrong place? Because like my job, they don't even bring strippers in for us. Right. So okay. So I guess that makes sense I'm just, because I, I'm the American. Glad, I'm just glad like we we get like jeans Friday. Right. Let alone like we don't get strippers. No. Damn. So before I found that out, when <laughs> or before they mentioned that, I'm watching this these lily white strippers in Libya. And the guy's like, yeah, I think she's a spy. I'm like, do you think? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm thinking, guys, like U.S. government, if you're trying to put a, a spy in, maybe don't put in an American woman to to be an exotic Libyan dancer. Yeah. It... But, I mean, it made sense later. Like, right. But... but still, it didn't make sense at the time. Yeah. Like, maybe they should have explained that first. So we didn't think that, like... Oh, do you think this white woman is a spy in Libya? No, no, she's good. No, she's she's that's perfectly normal. So there is this American spy, I guess, and she did they kill her? They killed her, right? Yes. And that's how Gabrielle gets the gig, and that's the way you always want to walk into a new position, is you know finding out that your predecessor was murdered and yeah, and it's and it's not suspicious at all when. One woman dies, and they bring in another one immediately. Also white. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, we struck gold here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what? Everybody goes to Libya because they're trying to recover Airwolf, basically, like, steal it back. Right. And I guess I just really, before I can go any further, I feel like we have to discuss their relationship a little bit more. Um, Gabrielle and Stringfellow. Right. Okay. So at one point she says, when Dominic shows up with groceries or whatever, and she's like, oh, I've just been eating vegetables for six days. And he's basically like, six days? This is at their cabin. This is at his cabin. I'm going back a little bit. But she basically, they got there and Archangel left, but she stayed for like a week. Like, I'm just going to crash yeah. on your couch? Like, yeah, what is happening? Yeah, I said the same happening? thing. It's like, did she move in with him? Yeah. So <laughs> there's this, like, sexual tension, and it's weird, because he kind of got, like, which we already mentioned, a little bit, like, rough with her, because he was irritated, thinking that she was just trying to coerce him into going on the mission, whatever. Then he kind of uses... Like the eagle as like a metaphor, a metaphor for their relationship. Like I'm trying to get her to trust me. I don't want her to think. What does he say? Like you know. But it but it should be the other way around because it's already established that it it's Stringfellow who doesn't like to get close to anybody because he's afraid that everyone's gonna die. Everyone he, he loves dies. We got dies. their backstory. His backstory. The parents died. The, the fiance brother. or girlfriend. Oh, that's died right. He had a, a, like a car, car accident. accident. Yeah. 
the brother we assume is is he's possibly dead or dead. missing in action in so Vietnam. So everyone he loves is gone. killed or taken away or whatever. So he doesn't want to get close to anybody. Right. He's so the he uses, eagle. Yeah. He uses this eagle like, as like a metaphor. The metaphor and I'm is like, completely backwards. Listen, we got a serious backup of cheese here because you're. This is just <laughs> so cheesy. I can't even handle this. So clearly they're into each other. They. Go upstairs to do their thing. Dominic shows up with the groceries. And she comes down, of course, still dressing herself. She's putting her sweater on. I'm like, did they just get finished banging? Oh, and she's got yet another outfit. A sweater. And everything she wears is white. But same as Archangel. And I even wrote it in here. I think well, I wrote it twice. I think, he only wears white. Well, no. Well, that that's his thing. That was his thing throughout the entire show. I do remember that. But... I think it's not just him. I feel like everyone in the firm wears white because later on we're introduced to another agent, that Asian lady, and Wait. she was wearing all white. Sometimes I make myself laugh. <laughs> we wear white on Wednesdays. <laughs> so mean Girls, we wear pink on Wednesdays or whatever it is. Uh, I don't remember that. Oh, jeez. Anyways, so yeah. The, so the firm is a bunch of mean girls. They're just always wearing they're, white. They're something. It's so fetch. It is so fetch. Um, oh, and then the other thing that I have to say about this relationship is she's like, I won't die. I promise. And I wrote down, okay, now we know she's going to die. I totally wrote the same thing. She's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to die. I wrote, she's going to die. Uh-huh. As soon as you say, I'm not going to die, 99% guaranteed you're going to die basically how it goes yeah yeah especially since she was the replacement Amer like replacement white stripper like replacing the other american spy who was found out and killed who was killed thank you by moffat yeah and and i feel like moffat like probably like raped her to death because we're we discover through the like the libyan commander that Moffat, like, even though they paid him a lot of money, they said his like his motive isn't even really money. That he doesn't care about the money, and that that he said he's like he just likes to, he just wanted to come over here and have his way with women. So they don't show anything like that, but it's totally, you know, insinuated because yeah. whatever they were saying to her, uh, you know, convincing whatever. He's like steps in out of the shadows. Maybe I can help, and you're like, mm. so, he's gonna be all. If you bang me, I can fix this for you. Got it. And they don't show any of that, but he takes her out into the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. It's hot as hell. I don't know if they're out there for one hour, one day. Yeah, it probably doesn't take but very long. Long enough that girl is literally boiling. She's got um, yeah, her skin's blisters like blistering. all over her face. And they don't show anything, but did you just go out and hang out in the desert for a couple hours? Probably not. I think he tortured... Well, so, I think Moffat's entire motive, for basically for stealing a multi-million dollar military-grade super helicopter, was to go to Libya and become a serial rapist. Like, that's that it. Sounds he just, right. We see little else from him. He's just hanging out, and he's doing some some dirty work for the Libyans. Like, he's using... Airwolf to like he blew up uh like that French plane that like that that French fighter and then 
and then they went after a the, like the U.S. warship blew and like blew that totally yeah, to it, bits. He's just kind of a dick for funsies, like just because he yeah. can, you know. And I think like when he was discussing with the one Libyan guy about the first American spy stripper, like, oh, do you think she's, you know, what's the deal with her? Oh, we think she's an American spy. They don't show anything with that either, but they definitely imply that he's going to, like, get it out of her kind of a thing. I'm going to bang her until she confesses. Yeah. I'm going to do it Moffat style. We know Gabrielle's going to die because she said she wouldn't. And he takes her out in the desert, does whatever we can only imagine. Also, I have to question how good of an agent Gabrielle is because she uses her real first name as her cover name. When they, when they said, what's your name, and she hesitated, I was like, that's right, girl, you come up with a good fake name. And she's like, my but name's she, Gabrielle. And I'm like, what are you, she, stupid? No, but she would have had to have had her cover before going in. So the firm was just like, uh, your fake name, uh, your cover identity is going to be Gabrielle Smith. And she's like, but my name's already Gabrielle. Nah, it's it's cool. Just use your real first name. It's easier that way. You'll respond easier. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what, you know, that's just terrible. That's a terrible idea. A um, lot of terrible ideas. Yeah. So they find her after they do some air tricks and blow uh, up like six other helicopters. Before that, when Stringfellow and Dominic find Airwolf at the Libyan military compound, they get in and they're like, fuck it, and they gun down like two dozen soldiers. That's true. <laughs> at that point in time, though, I was like, you just shoot them all to hell. That was, I was surprised, I was actually surprised though at that level of violence. You didn't usually see that, but there was... I mean, there was no getting around. It wasn't like A-team violence where, like, a car flipped or, like, a car blew up, but you see guys running away from it. Yeah, like, there or you were, get punched and, like, you're knocked out Like bodies, people get away. Bodies were dropping. Yeah. For, like, hardcore. Like, they were like, whatever. We're, like, die Libyans. No. I mean, I think that they were just like, we're in fucking Libya. They're like, this one's for Doc Brown. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so they they find Gabrielle after Moffat had left her to die in the desert, um, which she dies. She hangs on just long enough. To say, what, like, I'm sorry or something? or Some things I couldn't understand like, because... what a beautiful trout. She was or... she was parched. She wanted to see the eagle, she said. <laughs> something about seeing the eagle. I know, but 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 when she was going back to the cabin, <laughs> when Stringfellow was fishing for dinner, and he catches a trout, and she's like, throw it back. It's such a beautiful trout. And he's like, what? This is dinner. And, like... She's crying because it's such a beautiful trout. I'm like, I'm sorry, are trout beautiful? And even if they are, who cares? They're probably more delicious than they are beautiful. I would have to argue if you're the type of person who would describe the trout as beautiful, and if that's you, that's that's okay. But if you're going to describe a trout as beautiful, you're also probably not going to salivate when Dominic shows up with every kind of beef possible. Well, <laughs> I mean, if she... 
Well, she even said, like, you know, Stringfellow's, like, kind of grilling her, like, well, what do you think about lamb? And she's like, oh, I love lamb. And he's like, you mean the cute, fluffy lamb? And she's like, I love lamb. And I, and he's like, well, pigs are kind of funny looking. And she's like, oh, I love pork. Yeah, like, I could get what he was trying to do. Like, right, you know, so you're like eating the, an animal. Yeah, like the hypocrisy it of it. It is what it is. Like technically, all animals are beautiful. They're all God's creatures, whatever. But they are, but they all taste good I'll too. I eat all those things except for that poor trout was so beautiful. And he's just he's just shoving it down he's, his gullet. He's eating it. He didn't care. Nope. He's like I don't. Get, he's like as long as it's, as long as it's not eagle. I don't eat eagle. That's about it. He's got one rule. No eagle. So basically, I found their whole week-long romance to be strange they fell in love in like two days on really under very strange circumstances and then they're acting like an old married couple in the scene where they're still in the cabin and dominic shows up with the groceries and they're just mm-hmm. like ah, ha, ha, like, he, like kisses her on the cheek and, and yeah like, and like he's like all he's like softened yeah and so they find her in the desert and she says some words that are hard to understand, and then I wanted to see the eagle, and then she dies in his arms. <laughs> oh, he goes, she promised. I wrote that, too. She, she promised. promised me. She promised me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, you just met this chick last week. I'm yep. not saying you can't fall quickly in love. and But still. That it, I mean, it was awful that she died, and she was clearly tortured and everything. But... Oh my god, like you just, you wrote this like so, whoever wrote this, it was just so cheesy how it was written. So he, after the mission is over, he goes home and to continue with on this path of cheesiness or, Mm -hmm. ugh, he's playing his cello out on the dock (laughs) and like just a single tear streaming down. Yeah, and we see the, we see the eagle. Yeah. Well, to to back up a little bit, you know, he exacted his revenge on Moffat. It was like kind of it's very anticlimactic. I'm like, it's Airwolf versus a dude in a jeep with a revolver. Yeah. So he pulls out this revolver, and like in those two to three seconds, my brain was flying, and I'm like, what's he gonna do with a revolver? If this is Airwolf. I thought he was going to shoot himself. No, well... It, then he he aims it, and I thought, okay, he's he's going to aim for the, how he was showing the Libyans. Like, there was that one, There was, like, like the refueling tube or one whatever. One spot that you wanted to hit. Yeah, there was, like, one weakness. But I was like, um, buddy, you're going to have to move, I don't know, just a smidge faster. He was, like, a mile away, too. I mean, he was... He was just, like, know, it seemed like for a extreme circumstance like you're about to get blown up maybe you want to yeah like maybe you want to move maybe, faster maybe you want to try and squeeze off a shot some cover maybe you want to he was just like oh you know i might be- just shoot at the helicopter <laughs> and before he could do anything straight fellow's like boom 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 he like unloads his entire arsenal <laughs> he's still, on this dude with the jeep he's still like he's the, clicking yeah. yeah like everything is empty his entire arsenal is empty and he's still like clicking still pulling the trigger and Dominic's like, uh, Stringfellow, you know, it's over, we're empty. But here's the kind of cool thing about this. <laughs> and I wonder if 
this comes back later on in the series, we never see a body and they never land to investigate. So I wonder if somehow they could have they could have wrote Moffat back into the show as like he comes back for his revenge. Maybe. It's like I'm getting my revenge on you for getting your revenge on me type of thing. So I wonder if Moffat ever came back. Well, what I can tell you is I am not going to find out. <laughs> You're not coming back for that. <laughs> I'm not coming back for more on this particular show. Well, in that case, I can tell you I can tell you a, a thing or two. Mostly, well, maybe a thing, maybe not two. Because <laughs> I'm not going to come back for it either. Not because I thought it was really bad per se, but it's it's a show about a helicopter, basically. I feel like... There's only so much mileage you're going to get out of this. They like, got three years out of it, heli- something like that, three or four. Okay, so there were this is so there were a total of four seasons. The first three seasons were the cast that we know right now: uh, Stringfellow, Hawk, Dominic Santini, and Archangel. And I think they added in eventually like an, another character, like a female character, like a third pilot or something. The fourth season, they transition from Stringfellow to Sinjin. They find Sinjin. He takes over Airwolf with a new crew for the fourth season. The and fourth Stringfellow and final, is just not. He's, he's on not. The show? I think he's in the he's in the first episode of the fourth season, where they transition between Stringfellow and Sinjin. Hmm. But after that, it's all Team Sinjin. But it only lasts one season. So there are technically four seasons of Airwolf, but the last season is a whole new cast. Interesting. Yes. And I believe the actor who plays Sinjin is Barry Van Dyke. I have to assume he's related to Dick Van Dyke. Hmm. Okay. But... Not familiar with his body of work. <laughs> well, he was in one season of Airwolf. <laughs> Super. Okay. So, um, yeah, so Airwolf, you know, kind of a fun little piece of 80s uh, action television. I mean, again, maybe at the time I would have been more into it had I watched it because, again, that was the the nature of shows at the time was to have the cool souped up vehicle that could do all kinds of crazy stuff. I I don't know how how or why they decided on Ernest Borgnine to be like his right hand man. I have nothing against Ernest Borgnine, but I mean it's just weird. I assumed that it was something along the lines of and I can't even think of a great example, but they always try to they they make these duos out of two people who are quite opposite. And, you know, they both have particular skills that they bring to the table. In this case, they're both seasoned, you know, helicopter pilots. Um, But, you know, there's a big difference in age, physique, Mm -hmm. um, just all sorts of things. Yeah. I just think it was part of that whole how we package a duo, especially, like, in the 80s. Right, just a, an odd couple. Yeah. 
I, I probably would have watched this back in the day. I can't see myself sitting down for four seasons of this now. Yeah, I I definitely just could not do it today. The only thing I would do, I'm not saying I will do this, but I'm saying I, I could see myself watching the first episode of the fourth season to see the transition, just out of curiosity, just to see how they transition from Stringfellow to Sinjin. Yeah, I'm, I'm mildly curious about that. Like, why? Why make that casting mm-hmm. change? Well, um, I, I also read that he battled with alcohol and drugs for a good portion of his career, you know, his acting career, and I think that was a problem on this show in particular. You know, maybe that was the reason why they said, you're out, we're getting this Van Dyke kid in. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that's a wrap on Airwolf. Yeah, Airwolf, definitely. Well, just to uh, give you a little bit more information about our show, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. Our website is pilotseasontv.blogspot.com. We're on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just search for at pilotseasontv. And you can also email us at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments or suggestions for shows to watch, you can email us. You can leave us a comment on any of the social media uh, accounts uh, or comment at the website. Or leave us an iTunes review. Let us know what you think of the show, if you, if you like what we're doing, if you have any suggestions, things like that. So next week will be Jen's pick. Don't know if you have anything picked just yet. I think I do. I think okay. I think I've got my pick ready. Okay. Well, we will, you know, after we post this episode, we usually will tease the next episode sometime later in the week, so look for that. Unless you is anything else? That's it. That's all I all I had. That's, that's all we got. Yep. Don't have anything else. Okay. So this has been episode 22 of Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time.